Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a special guest with me, Dr. Mitzi Joy Williams. She is a board-certified neurologist and fellowship-trained multiple sclerosis specialist who serves as the founder and CEO of the Joy Life Wellness Group Multiple Sclerosis Center. She's based in Smyrna, Georgia, and treats her clients virtually as well as in person. Dr. Mitzi is one of my favorite MS neurologists because she educates on simple lifestyle changes available to everyone that make a really big impact on common symptoms like fatigue, spasticity, and mobility. On today's episode, we're diving into the ins and outs of fatigue. You'll finish this episode feeling prepared with actionable steps to help improve your energy and therefore do more in your daily life. The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Dr. Mitzi, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am so excited to ask you all of my questions about fatigue. There is a statistic floating around that at least 80% or more of people with MS suffer from fatigue. And so this is going to be a really important conversation to have for anyone with MS suffering from fatigue, whether it's a daily occurrence or if it's every so often. So I've got lots of questions for you and I'm excited to pick your brain. So let's dive in. Can you explain what those types are and, and what it might feel like? Yeah, so there is generalized fatigue where people feel this sense of exhaustion. And what it takes to reach that level of exhaustion is different for different people. So for some people is I wake up exhausted. Other people are like, I have this much energy and if I use it by 10 a.m., it's gone. If I try to stretch it out until 3 p.m., then I can make it till three and it's gone. So it really is this sense of tiredness that is not the same as your average, I'm working late and busy and doing all these things type of tired. It really is an overwhelming exhaustion. People can also experience muscle fatigue, right? Or fatigue of the extremities or physical fatigue. And so that's really more, again, with doing activities where they notice that they'll, again, kind of peter out, so to speak. So, you know, they may be able to walk this amount and then when they're done, they're done. The legs give way. So it's along the same lines as the generalized fatigue and that it worsens as the day progresses, but it can be both a general and a physical in terms of components to to the fatigue we see with MS. 
I'm glad that you mentioned that it's different than the type of fatigue that everyone else feels, even without MS. Because sometimes that can be hard for someone with MS to understand, but especially people without MS. If Mm -hmm. my clients will all the time, they'll say, oh, I'm feeling fatigued. And their partner will say, oh, me too. (laughs) But as if it's this, right. As if it's the same thing. And it's definitely not. How often is it, is the fatigue caused from the disease process of MS versus a trigger like exercising or just going above and beyond what you could have done that day? Right. So again, the fatigue that is associated with MS usually is very much just a factor of being awake and functioning, right? So people notice it, you know, with or without exercise. So essentially it's this thought that I can do this amount and if I do too much, I'm gone. Like I've got to lay down for the rest of the night. Like some people will say, I go to work. And when I get home from work, that's it. I have to lay, I can't do anything else. Right. Which is not typical for the average person who is, you know, able to get around and function on a regular basis, at least in terms of how we differentiate that from the physical fatigue, it's really that person being aware of what's going on with them, you know, and them, you know, noticing what types of things make the symptoms better or can make them a little bit worse. Yeah, I imagine that would require a decent amount of intentional awareness because Mm -hmm. when fatigue is so consistent, it can Mm -hmm. be easy, I imagine, to just say, oh, I'm fatigued today, not really take that time to think about, is there a cause for this fatigue? Right, Yeah. right. Are there- so oftentimes what I do when I see- you know, people living with MS is I often ask them, particularly in the early parts after diagnosis to try to keep a little diary, right? Just kind of jot down like this was a really bad day. And and we begin to notice, was there a pattern to what I was doing when I had this really bad day or what I was doing the day before, maybe two days before. And then they often begin to see a pattern that, oh, you know, when I do this, when I have a full day of school or when I have to, you know, do everything with the kids that evening or go to a soccer game. That's when I'm really out of it. And we begin to notice those patterns. And again, they can change during the course of someone's journey with MS. True. So one question that I get a lot, and I'm assuming you do as well, is when I am fatigued, do I exercise? Should like, do I just let myself rest or do I exercise or is it a combination? Like, what do I do? How would you, what would you say to that? Yes. So it's a very loaded question and I (laughs) both, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to pick all of the above, right? So Again, it's about noticing what level of exhaustion, right? If you are just completely spent exhausted, I would not recommend someone go try to work out that day, okay? That would be a day you need to rest, right? But it's trying to build in habits on a regular basis, like a little bit of exercise here or there, so that you can distinguish, all right, I'm just a little tired. I can push through and get this done versus, all right, I just really need to lay down, you know, and that really takes time. You know, I always tell people you're the best expert on your own body, right? We are experts all in our different disciplines or things that we study, but you are the expert on your own body. So you have to get a feel for, okay, this is a day I I need to go work out for 20 minutes, you know, and then this is a day where I just need to lay down and lay flat and not do anything because I'm going to pay for it on the back end. 
Yeah. I think that one reason that's so hard for a lot of people is that we feel guilty. Like Mm -hmm. we feel like, well, we should be exercising or we should go get the groceries, even if your body's telling you no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you really have to listen to your body. Right. And your body will tell you, you know, I do not live with MS, but I certainly have a very busy lifestyle. And there are some times where I'm like, man, I could really use a nap. And I say, you know what? I need to go for a walk. And I go for that walk and that walk fixes, you know, that fatigue. And then there are other times where it's like, no, you just need to sit down. (laughs) And that day I sit down, right? So, you know, again, it's a lesson that all of us can learn. But again, it's extremely important for people with MS because if you do too much, you're going to pay for it, right? And you'll be down for maybe three or four days where you could have just rested that one day and reset and been back, you know, to your routine the following day. Absolutely. And I think it's important too to mention there's lots of research that does show light forms of exercise actually can reduce fatigue. And it sounds counterintuitive to so many people, but you know, it just that that light movement, even just in your home day to day, can help fatigue. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I try to stress is that you can really renovate the way you think about exercise. It does not have to be, you know, getting dressed up in your Nike outfit and going to the gym and pumping iron for an hour and then running on the treadmill for 35 minutes and then taking, you know, some kind of class, right? Walk a little bit further, park further away, walk a little bit further, walk around your block one or two times, walk to the mailbox a couple times and back, you know, but building in that movement and getting your body used to moving will then uh, have you tend to start craving that movement, right? And so we have to just begin to start moving somewhere. Um, And it really doesn't have to be 45 minutes in one setting, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, getting that heart rate up a little bit can really make a difference in the long term. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because so many people, I think we are all conditioned when we grow up thinking that exercise is intense. It means sweating, Mm -hmm. it means running. And- Mm -hmm when you have MS, most of those things aren't always doable at the expense of increased fatigue or spasticity. Yeah. So let's say we have someone with severe fatigue and they Mm -hmm. are exercising when they can, they're resting when they need to. What other forms of treatment are available? Yeah. So fatigue is really the first line of defense is lifestyle modification, right? So we're looking at exercising. We're looking at diet, right? Because the foods we eat, you know, if you think about the difference between Thanksgiving dinner um, and a light salad, you feel very different at the end of each of those meals, right? One, you want to go lay down and do nothing. And the other, you might feel like you can go, you know, do an hour of work or, or jog or something, you know, so diet and exercise are extremely important to dealing with fatigue. Stress reduction is also extremely important to dealing with fatigue because stress, particularly if people have conditions like depression and anxiety, one of the symptoms of depression is fatigue. So we have to recognize what are those other things contributing to it. The other thing we look at is sleep, right? Again, stress Anxiety can interfere with sleep, which can then worsen fatigue. So we have to really do an assessment of if there are secondary factors that are leading to it. Are we not getting enough sleep every night? Someone's like, I'm really tired. And I'm like, well, how much are you sleeping? They're like three hours. I'm like, every night? Well, honey, (laughs) you're going to be tired, right? So let's work on that. Do you have sleep apnea, right? All of these things, right? Are we taking medications during the day for other symptoms that can make us fatigued? So we have to assess all of these things, right? And try to see 
see what needs to be modified. And then once we do that, plus lifestyle modification, if things still are not improved or we're not able to function, then we do look at certain medications. There are stimulant therapies traditionally used for, let's say, people with ADHD that can be helpful to increase energy for people with MS. You just reminded me of, it was probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, of an MS conference that I attended. And I was so excited because the topic was fatigue management. So I went in thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to learn all these symptom management strategies for fatigue. And it was so interesting because it, the lecture was actually about reducing the cause of the fatigue, which wasn't fatigue at all. So it was things like stress or sleep. So it's sleep management tips. And when that improves, your fatigue will improve or stress management. Mm-hmm. So it's so true to look back at what the triggers might be and treat that Absolutely. versus Absolutely. treating just fatigue as its own symptom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have to look at those secondary causes. Yeah. So with that said, what are your favorite stress management tips? Uh-huh. Well, I'm so glad you asked, right? So my favorite, I've really been getting or delving into integrative medicine because I think that lifestyle modification is a huge part of living well with any, of living well, period, and living well with chronic conditions like multiple sclerosis. So I'm a big fan of meditation and mindfulness. So I talk to my patients a lot about mindfulness, meditation, being aware present in the moment, meditation to help kind of quiet the thoughts. We talk a lot about yoga, which is great for spasticity, for, you know, you get exercise and you get some of that mindfulness because you can't stand on one foot and concentrate if your mind is thinking about the 20 things that you have to do in the next 30 minutes. And so I really counsel a lot about those practices, right? And then employing other things that people already are using in their daily life. Do they have um, spiritual preferences? You know, what is the role of their, you know, their church or religious faith in helping them with stress reduction? So we try to use the tools that they have, but also make sure that we are talking about support, asking for help, and then employing other tools like yoga, meditation, and mindfulness on a regular basis to help kind of quiet the mind and decrease stress as well. I have heard similar things before, but I love the way that you just worded it because it's so true that it's a combination. It's not just, okay, I'm going to meditate and that's it. You might feel better initially, but that might not last throughout the day. So I love that idea of several things and and it can be specific to that person, but I think that's a really important message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about your favorite tips for improving sleep? So my favorite tips for improving sleep are really working on sleep hygiene. One of the biggest issues is that we are so connected to devices, right? And so this is me. This is, you know, this is not just for my, it's for me too. You know, we lay in the bed and we scroll and we watch TV and we get on our laptops, right? And so we really have to kind of shift that mindset so that when we think I'm going in the bedroom, I'm going to sleep, right? So routines are very good. I love meditation before bed and also sleep stories. So I started using them with my children. I have two small kids and so they will not go to sleep without a story. And I realized that when mommy can't sleep, I will put on an adult sleep story, right? Through one of the meditation apps like Calm or something like that. And I will be knocked out in the first five minutes. Like I cannot ever get to the end of the story, but it's just really kind of allowing your mind to calm down. For some people it's music, 
white noise, right? So again, figuring out what that thing is. For some people, they like to use essential oils. Lavender is a good one that helps facilitate sleep. So how can we add those natural things into your nighttime routine and develop a nighttime routine, just like we have a morning routine, wash your face, brush your teeth, floss, whatever that is. Develop a nighttime routine that will help condition our minds to get ready for bed. And so I spend a lot of time counseling about that. Yeah. Now that you say that, I don't think I have a nighttime routine. (laughs) I have a a two-year-old nephew who is our first kid in the family. And you're right. He has an exact, you know, there's bath time, there's story, there's lights out. There's so many things. I don't do any of that. (laughs) Yeah. So I've got my routine. I've got it. I've got my essential oils and my sleep stories or either sometimes there's a TV show that I watch that I don't really watch. It just puts me to sleep. So I'll just put that on and I'll just pass out, you know? So, so whatever that routine is for you, it's just having that habit, right? And so those habits will get our bodies used to, this is what time I go to bed. This is what I do before I go to bed. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. Wow, this has been so insightful. And I think it also will give people a lot of hope because there's so many options. And you can just start with one, of course. It's not like you need to do all of the strategies that you learned in this episode, but there's lots of different ways to improve these symptoms. So uh, this has been so helpful. If people do want to find you or work with you, learn more, where can they do that? Absolutely. So I am the medical director of Joy Life Wellness Group. It's a MS center in uh, Smyrna, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. I do see patients in person several days a week. I'm also online. I'm the nerdy neurologist. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, but the nerdy neurologist, I can be found on Facebook. I've got a YouTube channel and we do a podcast called Brain Chat with the Nerdy Neurologist every other Monday. And uh, that's a Facebook live series that's converted to a podcast. And you have come on our podcast before. We had a great time when you were on. So all of that. And then I also just released a new book called You Can Live Well with MS, which has a lot of tips about lifestyle modification and some of the things we discussed today. So people can check that out on Amazon if they'd like to learn more. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes, including the book. I didn't know about the book. Congratulations. Yeah. I just released a new book. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Thinking about a lot of the things that we talked about, you know, so Mm -hmm. just trying to distill that so people know that they can, they can do something to help themselves. Yeah. There's so many things that we actually do have control over, even Mm -hmm. with MS and knowing what those are on hand so that if you experience something, you got a tool right away can be so helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. 
Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.